Diet really can treat a person, but how and what kind of diet? Let us learn about this by meeting Dr. Darren Engels. Welcome, Dr. Oh, thanks, Richard. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure having you once again, Dr. to our show. Um, doctor, uh, you have treated your MS and Lyme with proper diet and routine. Would you like to share a few insights about your experience with diet? Sure. You know, I found uh, very early on, especially when I had Lyme disease. So, you know, my Lyme preceded MS by more than a decade. And when I was going through Lyme disease at the time, you know, I had just opened my own business. I was very stressed out. And honestly, I really wasn't eating as well as I could have. I was kind of eating on the fly, eating junk food, things that certainly as a naturopathic doctor, I know I shouldn't have been eating. But I found that it was leading to more inflammation. I was having more joint pain, more other health issues. And so I finally realized now that I really had to change what I was putting in my mouth. And you have to think of, you know, food is medicine and that everything you put in your mouth is either helping you or it's hurting you. And at that point, I just, you know, made that commitment that I was going to eat, you know, as organic as much as possible, really eating mostly a plant-based diet. And what I really discovered just through my own journey is what, you know, we call an alkaline diet. And it's nothing I came up with. We know they've been talking about an alkaline diet for years. But, you know, when I started doing the research on it, realizing that your body really functioned best in an alkaline state. So the more alkaline I could make my body, the less inflamed I was going to be. So although I, I was really applying that as it was affecting me with Lyme disease, I also find it really helps a lot of people with MS because the goal, again, is to reduce inflammation in the body. So by eating, again, a mostly plant-based diet, fairly limited animal protein, and then really eliminating all junk food, you know, that really set the stage that I was able to get that inflammation under control, started feeling better pretty quickly, uh, certainly with Lyme disease. And again, if we look at this, what it's doing chemically, again, we know that most of your body actually functions best in an alkaline state outside of your skin, your stomach, your bladder, and for women, the vaginal area, which is very acidic to protect against outside invaders. The rest of your body is actually pretty alkaline. So as much as we can keep your cells in that state, it allows for you know better you know tissue repair, less inflammation, all the enzymes and mitochondria tend to work better. So again, we're giving your body every opportunity to heal by you know keeping in that alkaline state. Nowadays, we have so many different types of diets available: the Swans diet, the Paleo diet, the Keto diet, the Terry Walls diet. We have so many yeah. fancy names now. <laughs> But um, you tell me, as for your experience, you know what kind of diet should a person uh, follow, or can it be a customized diet for everyone individually? Yeah, you know, if you look at every book that's written on being healthy, uh, you know, Terry Walls' book, my My book, Amy Meyer's book, we all basically preach the same thing. And although there are slight variations of it, I think what we typically advocate 
advocate for, again, is really a mostly plant-based diet. And again, when you look at the research out there, and this isn't being totally vegetarian or vegan per se, but eating mostly plants, you know, it helps reduce inflammation, it helps improve cardiovascular function, reduces your risk of cancer. You know, there's all these other health benefits. So, you know, when you're eating a mostly plant-based diet, you know, you're giving your body these nutrient-dense foods because a lot of plants are rich in vitamins and minerals. These are all the things your body needs to repair and restore itself. Limited animal protein because a lot of animal protein tends to be more pro-inflammatory. So when you do eat meats, you want really lean, good quality meats that's more or less organic. And just eliminating all the junk food out of the diet. All the junk food tends to be filled with, you know, sugar or dyes or preservatives or other chemicals that actually promote more inflammation in the body. So, you know, Terry Wallace diet, uh, you know, again, is a maybe a step up from the alkaline diet that I sort of, you know, worked on with myself. It's a bit more restrictive. I know in Dr. Wallace diet, she's not an advocate of having legumes as part of the diet and a lot of grains. Uh, there's some feeling by some practitioners that lectins might contribute to anti or uh, autoimmunity, and that if you remove high lectin foods from the diet, that helps reduce inflammation. That hasn't really necessarily been my personal experience. And I think if you look at most of the world, a lot of these high lectin foods, you know, like legumes, are the staple of a lot of cultures' diets, and yet autoimmunity in these cultures is actually quite low. So I'm okay with people eating legumes. I think they're a great source of protein and healthy fat. Uh, but, you know, we all basically preach, you know, get all the junk out, make sure you're eating locally grown, organic, you know, mostly plant-based foods. And, you know, I think that's a, a, a type of diet anyone can follow. You know, other diets out there like, you know, paleo diet. I think the issue with paleo diet is that a lot of people who follow paleo tend to eat a lot of animal protein. We know that if you're eating too much protein, it can be very hard on your kidneys. And certainly for anybody living with MS, we don't want to complicate that with any type of kidney problem. Um, doctor, what do you think about gluten-free and dairy-free and soya-free diet? Most of my patients are on a gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free diet, you know, particularly here in the United States because our quality of food, honestly, is not like the rest of the world. You know, the European standards and probably the standards in India and Asia and everywhere else are much higher here. You know, we're allowed to serve absolute garbage. And because the dairy and wheat in particular, you know, almost all the soy in the United States is genetically modified. The dairy is highly manipulated between, you know, antibiotics and bovine growth hormone that's given to the cows. The wheat is all hybridized for a higher gluten content. So American wheat has more gluten than Europe and India. Uh, is also they douse the wheat in a chemical called Roundup uh, before they harvest it, which is a very toxic chemical. So I think the issue is just that the quality of food is so bad that I would prefer for people to stay away from it. And these foods do tend to be very pro-inflammatory. So I think it's better that people stay away from them. The fact that we've got so many better substitutes for those foods, I'd still rather people eat, you know, mostly plant-based, less dairy, less bread, pasta, these kind of things. They're not nutrient-dense foods anyway. So we want to give new foods that are giving you the most vitamin, most mineral content. All right. Um, doctor, we understand that we are getting all the required vitamins and nutrients from plant-based food. But in addition to the food that we eat, is it required that we have to take some supplements as well? 
Well, it's not required, but I would highly recommend it because in many cases, we're not using supplements necessarily because you're deficient in a vitamin or mineral. We're using it almost like medication. And we can give you know therapeutic doses of certain nutrients to help rebuild myelin. So it's one thing to stop progression of disease in its tracks. It's another thing if we can actually help rebuild that myelin and, you know, get rid of these lesions completely because, you know, we can get better function. You know, regrowing myelin is extraordinarily slow under the best of circumstances. But again, we do have research to show that it is possible. So this idea that, you know, once you have MS, all you can do is slow it down and you're, you're going to deteriorate anyway, I don't think it's true. And we've got plenty of evidence for people out there that have done, you know, very dramatic changes in their life where they they change their diet, you know, they, they start, you know, exercising more, moving their body, and, you know, often they take a lot of supplements. So, I mean, personally, I take up to like 50 pills a day. <laughs> it's a lot, but, you know, I'm taking things that I know are giving my chan- my body a chance to rebuild myelin. So, I take fish oil, you know, fish oil is anti-inflammatory. It's nutritive to our brain. A lot of the lipid membrane of your brain is these omega-3 fatty acids, which you get from fish oil. I take phosphate Phosphatidylcholine. Phosphatidylcholine is another healthy fat, which contributes a lot to the lipid membrane of your brain. There's some evidence it does help with myelin regrowth. I do take capsules of organ meats. We know these organ meats can also help with regrowing myelin. I take coenzyme Q10, which is good for the mitochondria. I take vitamin D. We've got a lot of evidence that vitamin D deficiencies associated with MS and other autoimmune conditions. And I do test my blood levels to make sure my vitamin D levels are okay. So I take, you know, five thousand or ten thousand I use a vitamin D every day with food. Um, I take magnesium. Magnesium is a nutrient that you burn through the most. And magnesium is a cofactor in almost every metabolic pathway in your body. And magnesium is one of our biggest anti-stress nutrients. Um, I also take uh, different uh, factors to help with methylation. Methylation is a big part of our detoxification pathway. So vitamin B6, B12, and folinic acid can also help improve our detox pathway. So I take a supplement that's got all those methyl factors together. I also take zinc. You know, zinc's an important nutrient for collagen repair, tissue repair. And um, I also take a little bit of trimethylglycine. There's some evidence that TMG can also help with repairing. And as I read new things that, you know, I, I find out help repair myelin, I'm willing to try it. So... You know, some of the research suggests it can take seven to nine years to rebuild myelin. So you've got to be in it for the long game. Thank you. This was an excellent advice, doctor. You know, have plant-based food. You're getting all the nutrients, but also take supplements to repair your myelin. Seven to nine years is a very long time indeed. Yes, we have to stay dedicated to repair our own myelin. Thank you so much, doctor, for all the advice. This was a wonderful, wonderful session. Great. Thanks, Richard. Thank you so much, Doctor. Have a good day. Thank you, Warriors, for being with us. I hope you found this session useful. We will be back again next week with another informative session. So, don't forget to subscribe and reserve.